Welcome to Exposit the Truth, where it's all about the clear understanding of the Word of God and how to apply it to everyday life. So here we have, on this episode, talking about understanding baptism. Understanding baptism. Uh, This one is a very big topic because a lot of denominations and other religions, which I will talk about, confuse it, distort it, and deceive people about what it really means. So this must be clarified according to what Scripture says, what God says from His Word, um, and not distorted, not um, twisted. So, uh, reading start, starting with Matthew chapter 3, um, let's start with the Scripture right off the bat. He says, at verse 11, John the Bap- uh, Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me, who is Jesus, comes one who is more powerful than I, God himself in the flesh, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I'll talk about that in a minute, what that means. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So, the takeaway here is that baptism is an act of obedience to God after a person has truly repented of their sin and has experienced spiritual rebirth. Baptism is not a way to somehow earn salvation and it is not the answer to or in any way grant salvation to a person. I'll repeat that one more time. I know it's a lot. Packed in. Baptism is an act of obedience to God after a person has truly repented of their sin and has experienced spiritual rebirth and become born again. Baptism is not a way to somehow earn salvation and it is not the answer to or in in any way grant salvation to a person. Okay? So let's talk about the definition of baptism here. This comes from the Greek word baptizo. Most of the New Testament is written in Greek. And so you first have to understand that and understand the meaning of the word. Baptizo in the Greek means to immerse, submerge, or plunge. Baptizo is the Greek word, comes from the Greek word meaning to immerse, submerge, or plunge, right? To immerse yourself into, right? Um, And that's why when when you see water baptism, you see the most common one being immersed in water and coming, you know, you're dying, Uh, in sin, uh, you know, and rising again in the likeness of Christ, with Christ, to be alive in the Spirit and born again. So, the three three, uh, types of baptism he's talking about right here. He, verse 11, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay? Uh, This is not very talked about, right? You don't really talk about. You don't really hear this often a lot. When you think of baptism, most Christians will probably only think about the water and being dunked, right? But not this part here, Holy Spirit and fire. So what does that mean? Well, the water baptism is referring to the cleansing. So whenever you have, um, you know, the reference to water, um, it is referring to cleansing. All right. I mean, we, we, we 
You know, it's, it's water is what we use to cleanse ourselves, our bodies and our dishes and our pets and every and our car and everything we use to clean is with water. If you just stop and think about it, right? You don't need that further explanation than that. Then you have the Holy Spirit. Uh, Holy Spirit is going to represent the spiritual power and presence of God. So we believe in a triune God. God is not just, uh, it doesn't have to be just one uh, part, right? Like we are, one person, one, one and, and then just one uh, part of us, one one uh, person, one human. Uh, he is one God with three parts. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is the spiritual power and presence of God, right? And then fire means judgment. Fire means, very simply put, uh, going through judgment, going through hardships or, uh, or being you know, judged for uh, uh, something that uh, you have to go through. Um, it's not always a bad thing to go through judgment. A lot of times you come out more spiritually mature, and it's actually it's necessary to become more spiritually mature. If you always have things that are easy for you and always um, just calm and comfort comfortable, that is actually more harmful uh, because it does not increase your f- level of faith. Um, you just keep doing what you you know want to do and live for your feelings and that's actually um, living for the flesh so that's definitely a big uh, a no for that and so that's also necessary uh, baptism is not some ritual that could automatically makes you somehow holy like some people do uh, religions baptism is an act of obedience after you give your life to Christ Jesus baptism is an act of of obedience after you give your life to Christ Jesus. Do not be deceived. There is no ritual some someone does that provides salvation, but only by the new birth in Christ is true salvation granted. But only but only by the new birth of Christ is true salvation granted. Right? We live uh, in Christ, right? No other religion can say that. Right, we live in Christ, meaning spiritually, we are alive with His Spirit. Okay, yes, there are those who deceive many people uh, to believe this lie, as such as Catholics or other Christian denominations. But the truth of God's word reveals that salvation comes from being baptized in Christ. All right, so being baptized in Christ is true, is true salvation. It's very clear. All right, John chapter three. Being born again, right? Being immersed, being spiritually reborn. Let's move on to Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one, and Jesus is speaking of this one. Uh, I'll just start from verse three. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Uh, this is after the resurrection. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's awesome, right? It's pretty amazing and it's pretty clear. 
that the baptized we all need is spiritual baptism, baptized by the Holy Spirit. All right, so Acts chapter 11 is the next part of Scripture. So that's very clear. And then this is a... um, this is when Peter uh, re- remembers what Jesus said. Um, verse 15. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord has said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Again, there it is. So if... God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to the Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. And we're talking about everlasting life. Um, and so, you know, Peter is, you know, kind of, you know, uh, learning that or frustrated uh, at the same time learning that the good news is not for uh, just the Jews right so you know they believe in the Old Testament you know the coming of the Messiah and restoring of the kingdom but they only thought of the physical kingdom and not the spiritual right of God's kingdom the one we cannot see so you know Peter didn't fully understand that, but now he is. Now he's fully understanding that, you know, Christ came for the entire world, for anybody who who wants to repent and be born again. Not just for the Jews, uh, you know, because, you know, they were the chosen people, right? So they're thinking, you know, no, it was supposed to be all for them. But uh, now he's learning that it was it was not ever meant to be only for them. You cannot be just born into it, right? Or follow religion. Um, but you have to be born again in Christ. Every human being on the planet, and you have to choose. All right, and so moving on to the final part of Scripture is First Corinthians chapter 12. Okay, and so this is the, the message to uh, the true church, the body of true believers. Chapter 12, verse 13. For uh, let me start actually from verse twelve. Um, just as body, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body. So it is. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so. The body is not made up of one part, but of many. So each individual, each one of us, as a body of true believers, uh, we are all called to be a body of Christ. How do you become, you know, uh, first first of all, well, how do you become that, right? The part of the true church. Well, if you are a true believer who has been repented and become born again and uh, become spiritually reborn, and there is an old self of you and a new self of you, right? Because that's important, right? Um, then you know that you are uh, part of the of God's true church, 
right? And and we are born, we are alive in Christ. You're dead to sin. You don't live for yourself anymore and your feelings. But you live for holiness, for His to obey to obey Him, to obey His word, right? And to be, and that's how you love Him. Um. So, quick note on here about this verse is that the church, the spiritual body of Christ, is formed as believers, uh, is formed as believers are immersed by Christ with the Holy Spirit. Christ is the baptizer who immerses, remember that word again, baptizo, the Greek meaning of immerse, submerge, who immerses each believer with the Spirit into unity with all other believers. And so, what does that mean? The, the, his Spirit gives us power if we are alive in Him. If we truly died in our sin, and then now we live for Him and love Him and obey Him, then we are reborn and he is now made our presence in our spirit in our soul and gives us a bold um life a bold life that has no fear of death uh, a bold life that we can proclaim our faith anywhere and to anybody paul is not writing of water baptism that's important it's not talking about water baptism it's talking about spiritual that uh, so that outward sign depicts the believer's union with Christ in His death and resurrection. Similarly, all believers are also immersed into the body of Christ by means of the Holy Spirit. Paul's point is to emphasize the unity of believers. There cannot be any believer who has not been spirit baptized, nor can there be more than one spirit baptism. Or the whole point of the unity in body of Christ is convoluted. Like it doesn't make any sense. Believers have all been spirit baptized and thus are, are uh, all in one body. This is not an experience to seek, but it is a reality to acknowledge. I'm going to read that one more time. This is not an experience to seek. You can't go and do some kind of ritual to get it but is a reality to acknowledge. Once you start to live on the new path of your new life, being, being alive in Christ, you will acknowledge this and you will uh, be grateful of His presence and being alive in your soul. All right, so the response, if you have not yet been baptized, but have been thinking about it, first, analyze if you have been born again. Is there an old version and a new version of you. Do you obey and love Jesus' commands in your daily life? Right? In your daily walk with Him. That's the difference. Because if you're living day to day, scrolling on social media, just thinking about entertaining yourself and what you should eat or drink, and He's not a part of your daily life, then you should question that. Right? Religion doesn't save you. Only a relationship in Christ does. Have you genuinely repented and turned away from living for your flesh or your feelings and now only wish to live for Jesus and devote yourself to Him? If all the above are true, then yes, the next step is to be baptized in obedience. So with that said, now you know a little bit more about understanding baptism.